Featuring Antibukola Bekis, uh, beautiful song there, Pengaki Fenwa. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we are live on Instagram, live on one of the platforms of Facebook. Okay. Uh, live on the church Facebook platform. Um, Yes, just one more Facebook platform. Uh, let's see. Internet is going off and on on those. So, uh, yeah, I think we're good on, on Instagram, just Facebook trying to reconnect. Welcome, everybody, on Zoom. Uh, I hope our day went well. I hope our day went well. Uh, Zoom... Zoom members. Yes, sir. You are just going to. I have a Okay, you're seeing traffic. God will help you. Okay, uh, let's say a word of prayers. Just uh, a minute on Facebook. But let's, let's give Facebook people about two minutes to reconnect. Let's say a word of prayers. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word that gives life and light. We ask as we go into the study tonight, you go with us, you be with us, you open our hearts, open our eyes to learn at your feet in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name of prayed. Amen. So welcome everybody once again for joining us, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, on on church Facebook page, and also on my personal Facebook page. So you can please share it uh, with your friends, uh, either the Zoom, the Zoom link or the Facebook link. Uh, we're live on church platform. So please share that with your friends and family and tell them that Bible study has started. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, the books of Peter, the epistles of Peter, uh, Peter wrote two short epistles. Um, and I think one of the things I need to say uh, uh, ahead of time, uh, before we go into the, 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 before we go into the book itself, the first epistle of Peter, um, a number of people said he was the one that wrote it, but that he wasn't the one that wrote the second epistle. Uh, probably dictated it to someone. Why? Because the first epistle um, had a lot of grammatical errors. A lot of bullets were thrown in the, in the first epistle. Uh, like someone writing and they went or something like in Greek though, or so much grammatical errors. But the second epistle had clean polished uh, Greek. 
So that's one of the reasons, or the major reason that I thought, believe that probably someone else helped Peter to write the second epistle. However, some other people have argued that maybe Peter improved himself. Uh, and maybe let me tilt towards that for today, for this le lesson, in case someone needs to hear this. Peter started as a fisherman, uh, and, and people have used that as an excuse not to improve themselves or not to, not to be educated. Uh, it's the, the, yes, the, the disciples started as fishermen, but did they end up as fishermen? Did they, did they remain uh, in the level of being fishermen all through their life? So that is not an excuse for us not to, uh, for us not to improve ourselves, for us not to get an education, go out there, improve yourself, work on your, on your education, work on your career, and the Lord will help you in Jesus' name. So let's take the memory scripture, uh, then we'll go to my notes because it is two books, so we're gonna rush because there are loads of lessons to learn from these two books. That's 1 Peter 1, 7, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, 7. Let me read the introduction here uh, before I go to my personal notes. Two epistles are traditionally credited to the account of Apostle Peter, the main spokesman of the Twelve. In fact, the most outspoken, First and Second Peter are the 21st and the second books of the New Testament, respectively. The author identifies himself as Simon Peter, servant and apostle of Jesus. So the, the first verse of the first episode has revealed the writer automatically. He was, he was a natural leader of men, most importantly because of his strong, aggressive, and active traits. He was the chief figure during the time, during the time that Jerusalem was the center of Christian activities. Peter identified as an eyewitness of Jesus' glory on the Mount of Transfiguration, chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. We still talk about this uh, when we're looking into the book. The popular views that he wrote the book to all Christians generally, and more specifically to Jewish Christians of dispersion who were in exile. The scattered Christians, that's Jewish dispersion, people that were scattered because of the, of the persecution, occupied most of the Roman provinces. Paul's missionary work was known better in Southern Galatia and Asia. However, Peter's letters shows that God's work had expanded to Northern Galatia and Asia Minor, what we know as Turkey today. When Nero became a Roman emperor, tactically declared Christianity an illegal religion. Would also, okay, maybe we'll talk about this now uh, before I go into my, my study. Please get ready to unmute yourself and contribute because this is a table-shaking topic that I want us to discuss. So Nero became the Roman emperor, declared Christianity an illegal religion, thus bringing severe persecution on Christians. 
This prompted Peter to write to the Jews in dispersion to offer encouragement to the suffering Christians on how to endure for the sake of Christ in the hostile environment. This is why the theme of the first epistle is separation, submission, and suffering for Christ. The second epistle was written about three years after the first and shortly before Peter's crucifixion in Rome. It is somehow different from the first as it focuses on the dangers inside the church, precisely how to deal with false teachers and their heresies. So this is my question. False teachers, persecution, and things like that are not necessarily, we're not facing necessarily the same exact persecution as faced here. However, false teaching and a number of other things also pose their traits in our, in our day and time. Can we list some of the persecutions we are facing now? as a church or as Christians in our day and time, especially in Nigeria. I know some people, some of us here are not 100% are not, uh, residing in Nigeria, but for those of us who are in Nigerians, for things that you've heard, what are the persecution you feel the church is facing as regards what we've just read about the scattered church that Peter was writing to? They, the Christianity was declared illegal, um, and uh, 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 there were false teachers within the church. So how can we relate that to our own day-to-day uh, uh, -day, uh, activity or what we are facing at this present time as Christians in our contemporary age? Anybody on Zoom, please unmute yourself or raise your hand, unmute yourself and contribute. Did you get the question? Zoom, did you get the question? Hello? Okay, Sister Funke. I, I don't get the question. I, I just came in, so I'm trying to listen. I've not gotten your question. Okay, well. okay before I re-explain, any other person that wants to talk before I explain, uh, I mean, ask the question again. Okay, let me, okay, Elder Michael. Okay, let me let me repeat the question. Now, uh, we spoke about the, the, in the introduction. They told us that uh, a, a new emperor came in Rome, Nero, and he declared Christianity illegal. So there was massive persecution against the Christians at that time. Now we are not facing that type of persecution, that exact type of persecution. I want us to. Lists some of the persecutions we are facing 
in our day and time, especially in Nigeria or in our contemporary day and time, though not necessarily like not necessarily like that of 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 the church here, but what kind of persecutions are we facing generally, and also uh, 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 as as in terms of false teachers in the church? Praise God. Hello. Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead, sir. Okay, sir. One of the persecutions I know that's really it's always touching me time, looking at how I grew up, is people not being free to come out publicly and evangelize the way it should be. Hmm. I have witnessed where I was at the program and we saw people come coming, they say they are from environmental here in Abuja. Hmm. Hmm. We should shut down that uh, what we are preaching, what we are saying is referred to as noise pollution. Wow. My previous church where I was worshiping before, um, there is an hotel behind them. They wrote to the environmental people and they came to shut the church down. Now we are noise pollution to their guests. Yeah, in Abuja, I'm talking about my legislative supporters in town here. Wow. So I see that, but then when they want to do their party, everybody rents the place, it's well, no longer nice pollution to so hmm. people living around, yes, sir. So I see this is really, really putting measures to not to spread the gospel as of what it was before then. Hmm. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And that is similar, kind of similar to, although not, we can't compare ourselves with those days because they were just killing them anyhow. But that was similar. The government was against them. They were using laws, and, and Peter was writing to them to be submissive to those laws. So, I mean, a lot of things are happening. Any other contribution before I go ahead? Especially on false teachers. Uh, maybe I should just make my... Okay, Sister Funke. Yeah, one of the things that just came to my mind are um, Bible truths that are being doctored by, mm. you know, sweet talks. Mm. And then uh, in some parts of the, uh, I'm a CSC member, in some parts of the churches, there are some things that have been allowed. And, you know, when you do otherwise, you are castigated as sinner. Okay. And then it is not allowed. But when those same people that preach that those things are not allowed go to another place, they feel that they are. <laughs> They are doing, we see that they are doing it, okay. And so, when you go to some parts of the church or some denominations, you are persecuted mm. as not being a proper Christian. But when you go to some places, you you know, you feel relieved, you feel accepted. So, mm. truths of the Bible, the, the main truth of living, I don't know, it is just being doctored. Any, anybody can pick up one verse of the Bible and interpret it anyhow they like. And so if you have much understanding about it, they think that you're just, you're just a new day Christian. And mm. so they hardly listen to you. So I think that is a kind of persecution too. God bless you. In fact, you've, both of you have almost summarized my whole notes because I don't think we'll have time <laughs> to, to, to go into this manner. Because I noted some things that false teaching, uh, and that was also happening in the church here uh, that Peter also wrote against. False teaching, they, they distort the truth. They, you know, let, let's just go into it. 
So let's start from uh, uh, first Peter. Thank you very much, Sister from Kenneth and Michael for your contribution. Um, so we know the writer Peter is actually his name is Simon, uh, but it was up at the revelation when he revealed that Jesus Christ is the Messiah or is Son of God. Uh, Jesus named him um, the Rock. Uh, is actually is actually uh, Kephas in in Aramaic. Jesus named him Kephas, but translated to Greek Petros, uh, and then Peter in um, in English. So, uh, like we've read, um, the letter was written from Rome. Some people believe that it was Silvanus that was the scribe or the pen that Paul dictated it to Silvanus, uh, then spread to the Christians in Asia Minor, present-day Turkey, uh, who were facing harassments and hostilities. Now, um, it's divided into about, how many now? About five main or six uh, main, 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 Parts. That's first Peter. It starts with the greetings and um, uh, talked about, compared them with um, uh, Old Testament meant uh, uh, Abraham and Israel. Uh, they've been chosen. So looked at that the Christians have been chosen. We looked at uh, how Abraham was chosen among his father's household. So the same way we have been chosen um, and we are now a new family. Uh, so Gentiles now belong to the family of Abraham. So those people who, who say that it's Paul that have been, that have been sent to the Gentiles, I think they don't really understand the Bible. They've not read the Bible. So this is Peter here saying that Gentiles are now welcome into the Abrahamic, uh, uh, Abrahamic uh, uh, family. And also, if you remember that, that uh, uh, Peter was the first person that actually went to meet, uh, witness to Cornelius. And God has shown him uh, that uh, he must eat those things that he called uh, unclean. So, um, so he praised God who called, who caused us to be born again. Uh, that's from verses 3 to 12. So it's, it's titled the song of praise. So praise God that we now have a new hope, a new identity, and a new family. So... Uh, one thing to learn here is it's only God that can call someone to be born again. It is not our, our effort, it is not our sweet dogs, it's only God that can call anybody into that family. Now, it ended that song of praise by saying suffering can be a purifying fire that deepens our faith. Uh, one of my friends were just talking today and they were telling me that uh, a number of things didn't go well in their business, blah, blah, blah. We've been talking about that previously, but today just had a chat and um, they told me that uh, maybe God was trying to call their attention. Uh, when they were doing that business, they didn't have um, uh, a time, enough time to go serve God, to go for ministrations, turn it down because of, uh, of money, because they are trying to do this and do that. So, and uh, so suffering, these things that God that now happened to her kind of brought attention back to God. Like so, at times God uses suffering to purify our faith, to deepen our faith. So 
And immediately we recognize that, oh, this is what has been happening. This is what is it. So just attack that. You know that this thing is not necessarily in quote against your business. God just needed to get your attention, to purify your faith, to make you, to make your faith stronger. Uh, so that's what he said there. So uh, uh, then later, so told us about a new family identity. Now we belong to this family. Uh, like, so he uses the Old Testament uh, images. Uh, now, those the same way the Old Testament uh, 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 Israelites were called the same thing for the uh, Gentile Christians. Now he's, he's encouraging them to guard their loins, uh, verse 13. Uh, uh, because we, the same way the Israelites passed through the wilderness, we are also uh, uh, going uh, as a holy people. We are on a pilgrimage. This earth is a pilgrim, is a pilgrim uh, path, is a pilgrim place for us. So, um, and then the Exodus, the new Exodus, is the Passover. So, just comparing, doing an, an uh, allegorical comparison comparison between Old Testament events and New Testament events. Uh, then um, we are the new covenants uh, that that's God uh, gave. And then we are the new temple of God. Uh, then we are kingdoms and we are kings and priests. We are, we are, this is the kingdom uh, of priests. So that is the, the, the other part, is the third part now. Of the of the of the book that's of, of the first episode. Now now look at suffering as a witness to Jesus. Because this church was suffering, and I wouldn't know if someone is going through one thing or the other today as a result of your faith, as a result of Jesus. Um, he told them to submit unto Roman rule, just like the example my brother gave. Uh, Nero was, was, was I mean, it was illegal to be a Christian at this time. So he told them that you're not going to do this by, uh, by protests. You're not going to win this war by protest. Submit to the government. Now, I now looked at slaves, Christian slaves, wives and husbands. A lot of our people have misinterpreted this place, uh, uh, chapter two, verse 18, uh, to some verses in chapter three. Number of people have misinterpreted this place. That if you have, if you're a woman, and you have a, a, a room, a, you're a Christian woman, you have a Roman uh, husband who believes, because the, the, the problem uh, at this time is that there's huge patriarchy uh, uh, in the homes, in, in, in Roman homes at this time. So households are expected to submit to and worship the patriarchs as their, as their gods. The Greek, uh, 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 the Roman uh, uh, culture here is you, you submit and worship your husband. So now uh, the response is that, yes, even though we've been liberated because Yes, we are free. We are no longer under bondage. We are not slaves. But uh, uh, you should love your enemy. As a slave, you should not. You should submit to your husband uh, to your master. As a wife, you submit to your husband. Now, you also looked at even if you're a Christian husband and you have a Roman wife who is either a Christian or not a Christian, don't treat her 
that same patriarchal way that the culture or the society say we must treat her. Treat her with understanding, submit unto one another, because you are now all free in the same kingdom of God. So we are to we are liberated to love our enemies. That is the response. So we're not going to go there with fight, with, with struggle, with uh, aluta. We go there with submission. And then, so even though we are being uh, uh, persecuted at this time, he compared us with Jesus. Jesus too was, 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 was wrongly tortured, persecuted, and killed. But he, he was vindicated by God. So we too are going to be vindicated by God. God vindicated and exalted him by resurrection. So we've been baptized uh, 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 in his suffering. We've been baptized with God in his suffering. Then we'll be vindicated in heaven. We're going to pass through this and come out on the winning side. So I'm also encouraging someone, you are going through one thing or the other, just know that the Lord is set to vindicate you in Jesus' name. So uh, chapters four to chapter five um, talks about suffering and a future hope. Uh, Jesus has promised that we should rejoice when we are being persecuted because of him. That's in Matthew chapter five, verse 11 to 12, uh, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, then he called the leaders of the church to care for the church. Uh, we're going to look at this in the second book because that's where he expanded and talked to the leaders. Then he, now, he, 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 he closed that particular part of the book that, to, that don't think these leaders, this government are the enemy. That the real enemy is the spiritual force behind them. And that is one of the things, in my opinion, I feel the church, especially the church in Nigeria and some other countries seem to be forgetting. The real enemy is not was not Nero. That was, that was what uh, Paul was trying. I mean, Peter was trying to say here. The real enemy is a spiritual force behind the government. That is that evil. It is that evil that should resist with your faithfulness to God. It is the devil that is behind them that we should resist. Then he closed by um, 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 praying for them for for God to strengthen them. And I pray that God will strengthen you uh, as well in whatever situation or whatever predicament you are going through. The Lord will strengthen you in Jesus' name. Okay, so, uh, so this book gives us hope in the midst of suffering. Hope in the midst of suffering. No matter what you are going through, I came here to tell you there is hope. Don't give up. There is hope. There is hope. Don't give up. Whatever it is that the enemy seems to be throwing at you, there is hope. Um, at this time, God's people are a misunderstood minority, living uh, even though they're living under uh, the rule of a different king. We, our king is Jesus. But at that time, they were a misunderstood minority. And this time, like my sister said at the beginning, Sister Funke, that uh, 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 the, the, the teachings, the real teaching of Christ, of the, of the scriptures, seem to be the minority now. Those who will tell you the truth will not trend now. 
the people that would teach the depth of the, of the scriptures don't seem to, to, to get popular. It's people who want to who say things that people want to hear and emotions. So um, God's people are a misunderstood minority, and I think it has been across history. So be encouraged if you are the minority or standing for the truth. Not that I didn't start yesterday, didn't start today. And then persecution offers a chance to show others the generous love of Jesus. Persecution offers a chance to show others the generous love of Jesus. When you're persecuted, it's, a, it's an opportunity to show others that there is love in Christ. Hallelujah. Okay, let's quickly go to the second uh, uh, to the second epistle, Second Peter. I hope we learned one or two things there. Okay, so let's yeah, we're good with time. Let's quickly go to Second Peter. Then uh, we open the mic uh, for contributions or questions. Uh, written to the same group of people in Asia Minor, like we've said. Um, and Peter knew that his time was drawing near. He knew that he would soon die. So this was like a valedictory letter. Because Nero was the was the was the was the uh, uh, emperor, and he was oh god. <clears throat> Maybe I should tell a bit of what uh, Nero did. Nero feeds Christians to lions, and in in amphitheaters, like a stadium kind of thing. And people come, they pay money to come and watch lions tear down Christians and their families. In fact, that was the beginning of Olympics. <laughs> that was the beginning of Olympics. Although a, a bit of story, uh, uh, they were fighting. There was a duel. There used to be a duel. They would fight and one person must die. Uh, and people would come, they would, when they are, the competition is when you fight, but your, one of the opponents must die. That is the that's how the game was won. Uh, then it came and said, okay, why do we kill ourselves? Why not let's have a, a, a competition whereby people will come together and uh, love it? But that time was also a time where people will come to those same amphitheater and watch Christians and pay money to watch Christians run away from lions as lions are released from their cages to, to tear down Christians. So this wasn't a, it, I mean, we cannot, we cannot compare what we are going through with what these guys went through. In, in all honesty, I mean, they went through hell. They went through quite a lot. So we can't compare it. I'm not trying to, to water down what they went through. Uh, but I'm just telling you, I'm just trying to let you know that, yes, we too are facing our own persecution, even though it is not as, as heavy as, as they did. Well, that was um, that was uh, the kind of persecution. Uh, uh, that was the kind of person, the kind of of, of an emperor uh, uh, that 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 Nero was. It was it was a it was a crazy time uh, uh, for them. Okay, so um, okay, so so Peter knew that he was going to die soon. So give them final challenge. Um, 
So it's like he, he knew that I'm not going to be around to keep giving this fatherly ad advice. Uh, so he, he started like, okay, we are participants of, of divine nature, of God's kind of nature. And he told us that, okay, this, he, he put that divine nature into, he, he classified it into five different parts. That's goodness, knowledge, self-control, godliness, endurance, family affection, and he crowned it with love. Love is the greatest of all of these um, 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 divine nature. Uh, you have, of course, you can't, you can't, you can't uh, overemphasize that enough. Well, let's just go ahead. So this letter was a valedictory speech, a valedictory letter, not just for now, but for late, the future generations, because he knew that his time had come. Um, I, I was watching uh, uh, the biopic of Daddy Adeboye and where uh, Daddy uh, Akinda Ami, Baba Akinda Ami was saying it was about to go and meet the Lord, and he knew that the chariots were coming, he knew the angels were coming there on their way, they will soon come. And uh, someone, I think I read a comment on Facebook that how come these saints or these heroes of faith? Uh, uh, no, they just know when they were going to die. They knew. I can tell. Okay, let me let me. Uh, one of our matriarchs uh, uh, in Christ Apostolic Church, Mama Okpaisi, when she was going to go with meet with the Lord, people were downstairs. She it was them downstairs. She had visitors, and she they were joking. They came to meet Mama. Mama just said she was going to have a part upstairs. She's coming. She went upstairs. She was singing as she was climbing the stairs. She had a bath. She changed her clothes, she rubbed powder, she lied down on the bed, like wonderfully on the bed. She tied her head down and she slept away to be with the Lord. So those ones were just the people would answer, like, ah, Mama said she was going to have a bath. Go and check Mama, she not finished having a bath. She sent help. And when Lady God said that Mama has gone to be with the Lord. Peacefully, they know this guy, these people just seem to know when the time is near. So Peter at this time uh knew that uh, uh the time was near. So he, he 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 wrote this letter to address uh the false teachers, majorly the false doctrines that were being pushed at this time. And uh it's like Sister Funke saw my notes, like I said, uh, a number of things. Uh, we addressed there. Number one, the first things that the, the first teacher said was that the apostles made all of these things up. It's a lie. It's Jesus. Jesus will be in resurrection. These guys just made it up. So Peter came, I mean, uh, Peter came to, to, to object that, like, we saw these things. So he gave an eyewitness account of Jesus's transfiguration and that it fulfills all the promises, uh, all the prophecies uh, in the scripture. So the first, the first uh, thing they said was, okay, it's a lie. These guys are telling lies. So the false teachers and the corrupt teachers. Now, the second objection they made was, there won't be any final reckoning. All of us are not going to any heaven. There's no heaven, there's no hell. There's no judgment. Let's just enjoy this earth. And they were making a lot of money and they were sleeping around. So they were making a lot of money from this doctrine. Because I, I, I mean, some of my 
children here, my sons here will remember I had I had an issue with someone like that who, who doesn't see fornication as sin, and he had a church close to university. So the church will be full because young people just want to go to where they will tell you that it's okay, don't worry, fornication, don't worry, God has forgiven you even before you do it. So just go ahead. I mean, there are people like that that were doing that. So these guys, the teachers that Paul uh, Peter was writing to in his second epistles, were actually teaching that in the church. So these things are not new. <laughs> these things are not new. So like, there won't be any final reckoning. Don't worry, nothing. You can go ahead and do anything. These guys were doing it themselves, the teachers themselves. So Peter came and like, ah, Ebami. So he gave three examples to show that God, the fact that God is, not, is keeping quiet for now, being patient, doesn't mean there will not be final reckoning. Number one, he talks about the rebellious angels who are called the watchers or those the, uh, King James Version and English Bible calls them angels. But if you read the book of Enoch, because uh, at that time, the book of Enoch was in circulation. So uh, uh, um, Peter got, got uh, uh, these, this analogy or this example from that book. Although the book of Enoch was not canonized, the number of people have argued that the one we see now, the one we have now, is not the original book of Enoch, or I'm not going into that, but the book of Enoch actually goes in details in classifying these angels and talking about these angels in quotes. They're not really, they were just watchers, sons of God, some translations will say, who, who rebelled, who left their place and came to earth and mated with women. Because if they were angels, if they were cherubims, if you see a picture of an, uh, uh, a typical cherub, he can't mate with, with women. These are very mighty angels. But these are these watchers and lower angels, about 200 of them, according to the book of Enoch, came on earth, left their place. So, uh, and uh, uh, that's in Genesis 6, but it is actually more detailed in the book of Enoch. So, Peter said, God actually bound them. A number of theories on, on the, the book of Enoch actually um, uh, in details explained what's, what's, what's going on. I mean, and, and what God did for them, how God has, has, has put, how God is going to punish them. So, um, so there, will be, there, there was reckoning for those ones. And then the flood in Genesis chapter 6 to 8, the flood, when some people also said, no, it's not happening, there's no rain anywhere. And the rain came, and then Sodom and Gomorrah. And then uh, he said, God will always preserve his people, uh, even in this. So he gave an example of lots. So if anybody is saying that, um, if anybody is saying today, it's a lie, you can do anything you like. See, that's not, it's not new. They are, these false teachings and these corrupt teachers had always been. And what the apostles used in, in tackling them was the truth. Let's also use the truth to tackle them. So, um, so because what they were saying about this, uh, there's no final recording. We are free in Christ. J.B. Paul has said that we are free in Christ. So they keep drinking, they keep chasing money, they keep chasing women. Uh, so Peter actually has said, that's not what Paul meant. This is your freedom in Christ. It's not a license to go into sin. And these people, these hyper-grace uh, dogma people, it is this same freedom in Christ that they use. 
of these things have been hidden for 2,000 years old. So, and Paul Peter said that in reality, these people that claim that they are, they are free in Christ, they actually slaves their bodily impulses, compare them with dogs that go back to their bodies, vomit and pigs that go back into the depths after being washed. So that's the second objective, objection, uh, that there will be no final reform, no judgment. The third objection is that Jesus is not coming. Come, come. All this way they've been saying Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Where is he? Where, where is he? He has, not, he has not come. He's not coming. So that generations have been saying it. Where is the Jesus? Why, why is Jesus? Jesus is not coming. These are people that, how many years after Jesus? Maybe 50 years, 60 years after Jesus, or 40 years after Jesus. They already say Jesus will not come again. How much of those of us in 2000 years after Jesus? So people have been saying this that Jesus is not coming. Generations have been saying it for years. Um, so what, how did Paul, how did Peter Treats or tackle this objection. Number one, our concept of time is limited. God doesn't see time the way we see time. But we can't grasp the way God sees time because he sees the future at the same time. It's already in the future. So the same thing with you, if someone tells you that you are late or something, if someone tells you that time is going, who's time? Because the way God sees time is not the way you and I interpret time. If God says you're going to get something, wait for him. So this, uh, let's go back to this uh, topic. Oh, Jesus has not come all this while. So Peter made them realize that in every generation, God is patient. God wants every, God is patient with us. So what has been happening now is God is patient with every generation. God is, I, I was telling, okay, I think it was Jerry and I that were talking over the weekend. And uh, it was like, God has, uh, I'm trying to get the exact quote, that God has made preparation for every generation, to meet every generation. We're talking about virtual reality church, uh, church, digital churches and things like that. Don't think that, oh, the way our forefathers have been doing it. Yeah, God, God, made provision for our forefathers to do it that way these are the this there are some challenges this generation is facing and god has made provision to meet those challenges for this generation so every generation god has been patient with every generation god is patient with every generation so number one our concept of time is limited we don't see time the way same way god sees time uh, then God is being patient with us. So, how long? We do, why does God take so long? Um, and 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 Peter talked about the day of the Lord uh, last week Sunday. Okay, two weeks ago Sunday. That was actually what we talked about in church. The day of the Lord. Uh, don't worry. Ah, that the heavens will pass away and the elements of the earth will melt away. Please check that. Uh, someone that's someone on, on on our podcast just search for the day of the lord on, on any of your favorite podcasts so we'll talk about that is my username you will see that go listen to that someone so peter was like ah it's this these all these all these things that you're talking about that oh jesus is not coming when will he come 
on the day, the day of the Lord, every eye will see by fire, by force, we confess that Jesus is Lord. So, um, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. We're going to receive new bodies. Uh, so let me go into eschatology. Let's just uh, wrap up that so that we can take some questions before we conclude. So, in conclusion, uh, he said, the, all these things, don't take liberty for granted. Don't twist Paul's words. And everybody, James, John, Peter, everybody has been saying this same thing. Uh, don't, don't, don't twist, don't bring false teachings. Don't say, because we are free, we are free in Christ. We should now use our liberty for sin. No. Uh, so, and it, it concludes that God loves the world and is determined to rescue it. God loves every sinner and God is determined to rescue them. Praise the Lord. Okay, do we have anybody, any contribution or question before I read the conclusion? There's something I also, is a point I would love us to read here. Okay, uh, it's a long read. Second Peter chapter two, verse one to 19, talked about the characteristics of false teachers. Uh, okay, can someone please help us read that while we're waiting for questions and, um, and co contributions? Please, can you help us read 2 Peter chapter 2, 1 to 19? We talked about the characteristics of false teachers. Anybody? 2 Peter 2, yeah. 1 to 19. 2 Peter 2. 2 Peter 2, from verse 1 to 19. Yeah. Can I continue? Yes, go ahead. But, but there were false prophets mm. also among the people, even mm. as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, mm. and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Mm. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of, and through covetousness shall they with vain words make merchandise of you, hmm. whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. Okay, let's, let's pick it one by one as we are going so that we don't uh, waste time coming back. They will twist, they will deny Christ. They will make merchandise of you. Of you. They will make they will use it to make money. <laughs> this was 2,000 years ago. They've been using people to make money. So they will use you to make money. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead, man. Whose judgments now of a long time linger not, and their, damnate, their damnation slumbered not. Mm. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, Mm. But cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness mm. to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the whole world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, mm. condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example. Unto those that after should live ungodly, 
and delivered just lots, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man, for that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly, but chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the loss of uncleanness and despised government, presumptions are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignity. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, might not railing really accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Okay, let, let's also look at that. Uh, time is going. They speak evil of the things they don't understand. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, this is just like the church of nowadays, or the, 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 our realities in 2022. You see people arguing about scriptures or a verse or some things, even about life, and they do nothing about that. <laughs> so we'll say that they are Facebook lawyers now. If any, for instance, when pandemic happened, there were so much Facebook doctors, internet doctors, who that never stepped into uh, 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 medical school, but they will tell you what the doctor should have known or should have done. When there's a legal case or anything now that Nigeria just finished the lecture, Facebook lawyer, lawyer will have plenty of Facebook. They never, they never, they never went to law school. Though. If there's anything engineering or something, Facebook engineers, like <laughs> or Twitter engineers, people that argue on what they know absolutely nothing about. Or what thing I want us to also go home with is the Bible has warned us. The Bible has warned us. He said they will make merchandise of you. Those are some of the attributes of false teachers. When we cite them, let us run away from them. Let us run away from them. There are people that are pushing the idea that God will just leave all of us. Hey, hey God will be so wicked and we send everybody to hell. You know, like, there's no hell. They've been saying that since people like us were kids. You've been hearing such things. In fact, we used to hear when we were kids, we used to hear people say they will sin so well so that when God is going to judge them on judgment day, you will just be so angry and we throw them after the fire. Like we throw them, <laughs> and we throw them beyond hellfire. <laughs> and I'm like, what is beyond hellfire that you know? But people have been saying all sorts of these teachings, false teachings, and, and it seems those are the popular things to say now. If you want to blow, these are some of the things. You say these are some of the uh, uh, these are some of the lines you have to use. But what I'm telling you, what I came to tell you is that God has warned us ahead of time. God has warned us ahead of time. You don't need uh, uh, to fall victim of them again. Hallelujah. Okay, let's take contributions, comments, or questions. Contributions or questions, anybody? On Facebook or Zoom or Instagram?
yeah um my question so can i continue sir yes go ahead please okay my question is the problem i have now is this false teaching mm -hmm. i mean we have so we have revals though of course we have bastardized the word revival in our churches we have revival sessions and then there's this time of giving that people do not understand even though they don't have they want to give okay and they want the pastor to lay hands on them i don't know how can these things be stopped? Is is part of the heresies that we teach around? I don't know how these things can be stopped in our churches. And then the the thing about not marrying outside your church is a sin. I don't understand. Please, can you say something about it so that I don't just continue? You want me to break the floor? You want to put me in trouble? <laughs> no, no, no. Not trouble. It's just very confusing because many youth are actually going away from the church because of these uh, packed laws, things that are not even biblical that we even do. You know, they grow up in maybe in school. Many of them they grow up in the church. They understand some certain things and they believe them. But after a while, maybe university level, they join some other denominations and they see some kind of truth and they say what's what's this these people don't cover scatter our heads and so they go back to their church and they feel that they don't belong there anymore so they leave how do we stop all of these things if we are not trying to bring in truth of the word now okay ah this is a question <laughs> okay let me attempt uh to my own understanding. Uh, I have fathers who also correct me when I need to be corrected. So, what's mm -hmm. my own understanding? Your first question, uh, how do we stop uh, those people who don't understand what revival is meant for? Number one, ex except you are their boss or you are, are, you are their pastor or their leader, you can't stop them. You cannot only talk about the truth and hoping someone will listen because you don't have the authority or the administrative rights to stop them but you can humbly suggest i mean if it if such a person such happens in your local church you don't have to be confrontational you can go and meet the pastor the pastor may also not like it can not meet the pastor. Ah, daddy, God bless you. Wonderful revival. It was good. However, my suggestions are: don't you think this should be done better? And you may be surprised. The man may even be looking for someone to just encourage him. I say, wow, thank you, my daughter. Thank you, my son. So we don't have to be confrontational. We can go that route. But if it's not your pastor, you don't have access to the pastor. He's not. You are not their boss. You don't give them instruction. You can't stop it. There's nothing you can do to stop it in that place. But what we can do is teaching about it, talking about the right thing to do. That's one. 
And number two, I think God, the devil just magnifies uh, the few ones. There are loads of people that organize programs, revivals, everything, and no offering is taken. In fact, there are some of our fathers, we've, we've heard stories in this church, especially in Christ Apostolic Church. Some of our fathers will tell you that God said we should do this thing and nobody should drop one naira. God has given such instructions to some of our fathers in the past. So don't let the devil uh, deceive you by just one very few uh, uh, tiny minority. It could be very, it could be in the, it could be in the minority, and the devil just wants to magnify it. That's on that. Now, on the issue of not marrying outside your church, it is a dogma, and my own understanding of that is that our fathers. In order not to lose all you fine, fine girls, all our daughters that you've we've trained, we spent money and time and everything. Now I want to lose them to all church. Ah, no. So I feel, I feel it's a way of our fathers trying to keep the children back into the in the fold. Then is a way of them not no. Every father just wants the best for their kids and they want them. In a place they can say, at least we, I know that this person and this, this person is marrying within this fold, they drank from the same source spiritually, so it's easier. Now, that practice came from when Abraham told Elimelech his servants to go back to his father's house to bring a girl for his son, for Isaac, from his father's house, not from all these Canaanite women. So that is the concept that you marry from your father's house. And the father's house, in the context of 2023 Christianity, is anybody who is a child of God, anybody in the Christian fold. But because of dogma issues, practice issues, some of our fathers have gone to be kind of overprotective. And they want the daughters, they want the sons to remain within the fold. But I mean, we are all becoming parents now. You see, you're a very good choir member, you're a very lovely teacher of the word. You now carry her, carry him, or carry her to the to another church. Ah, hey, is there no brother in this church that you can see you? It is like that. So that's where our fathers came from, and it became a dogma. So it's not necessarily a sin in that context. In quotes, it's not a sin. Uh, but it's just a way of our fathers trying to put the daughters and the sons to ensure that they are married same person that had the same kind of similar upbringing or the, they are drunk from the same source spiritually. So that's that's what I thought they, were, they are doing. So uh, I think maybe it is wrong for them to call it a sin. It is not actually not a sin. But they just want to, to help. Okay, someone put something down here. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. God bless you. Any other question? Thank you, everybody, for joining today. Mommy Oyediji. Uh, Is this Mommy Oyediji or Mommy Oyediji? Um, you can wrap up for us, Mrs. Oyediji. Can you close with a word of prayers for us, please?
Okay, I don't think he can hear us. Mommy, for me, Father, okay, yeah. amen. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we want to thank you, our Heavenly Father, for your word that has gone forth this evening. Lord, may your word lead us to the right path to do the right thing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we beg that, Lord, there are so many doctrines out there, but the important thing is to follow your word and do it so that your word that will lead us to salvation in the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. that our salvation will be diluted in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you for the man of God that you have used. Lord, I pray that you give him more unction to function in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we commit our call to your hands, O Lord Jehovah, come and take control in the Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. Let that be your name for in jesus mighty name we are prayed with thanksgiving amen thank you very much man god bless you everybody so next week we take the episodes of john the three episodes of john god bless you have a wonderful evening uh we'll see you next week by the grace of god bye okay, okay.